0: Uh, Robin Colley uh, chatting to us from London uh, about her organisation food at work, and uh, it's been pro- profiled by the BBC. You must be incredibly proud to to have your team building cookery classes uh, elevated to
1: this level. Yes, yes, it's great to be in the uh, with the BBC. Um, they're a client of ours as well. They've been on quite a few of our team events, so it's quite nice to see us in the press. But it's uh, over the years we've had quite a few articles and it always um it always amuses me when they say this is the latest thing in team building. We've yes. been doing this since two thousand and two, yeah. so it's like I don't want to kind of you know complain about any kind of publicity, but no, it's not it's not so new really.
0: But it's a brilliant <laughs> idea because with most people, when you say team building, they go quiver and they think, oh no, what are they going to make me do now? But I would think you know, there's, I mean, the challenges are of, of of a kitchen um, are, are are not for sissies perhaps, but it's. It, it, it it's got to be much easier once they fall into the fact that they're learning something, they, they're they getting a skill. And I suppose with the, with the fashion of cooking
1: channels, uh, people love doing cookery. Yes, I mean, absolutely. That's why the business took off at the beginning because, well, I was really one of those people who were, oh, they used to take us dragon boat racing and all these things and climbing <laughs> mountains. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to work. Yeah. that day and uh, the kitchen is so accessible for everybody but it's still very challenging you know it's it's uh, you're in a very different environment it's very hot lots going on big commercial equipment that can you know burn and cut and mm-hmm. do all these things so people are very much out there comforter it was it was just the perfect sort of to make uh, team building accessible to everybody in the team, really.
0: Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, um, th- you've got this this outcome, <laughs> which which is quite did, pleasing. Yeah. I, I'm I'm assuming that um, that they, they can <laughs> partake of this of their spoils. <laughs>
1: Yes, it's absolutely essential, though some people have asked whether they can phone the local takeaway, and we say, absolutely not, you'll eat whatever you make, no matter what happens. Um, <laughs> it's like our children, we have to love it no matter what. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a very tangible, very real outcome at the end of the, uh, of the process, and then for half of the events that we do are more detailed and in-depth learning and development programs, so there's far more about understanding of their own personalities and, the, you know, the dynamics in the team and how they interrelate with other personalities. I mean, there's, you know, there's lots of opportunities for anecdotes that make perfect sense. You know, the, the one person is furiously reading the recipe and getting nothing done because they keep reading the recipe over and over, and the other personality just wants to do it, doesn't even want to read the recipe. And mm-hmm. you've got these two people working next to each other making a souffle. So you can, you know, you can see and imagine the kind of anxieties that would come out um, you know, that mimic what happens in the work environment.
0: Well, I, I love it in the article when they said the heat of the professional kitchen and the stress of making a souffle stretched even the most seasoned of senior
1: executives. <laughs> yeah, it does. Actually, we've had to move away from souffles now. Oh, really? Because used of used that? Be, well, it's passe. Like oh, it's okay. So you can't make a souffle. So now, you know, chocolate fondant is the big thing for us, you know?
0: Oh, getting it cooked <laughs> outside and away. gooey in the middle.
1: Yes, because you know the road to Master Chef is paved with the failures of hundreds of chocolate fondants. So we say to our <laughs> client teams, if you guys can make this happen you know, you'll be onto a very good thing. So there's a couple of other things, pasta, you know, perfectly made tortellinis that don't mm. break when you cook in them, all those kinds of things okay. um, work very well.
0: Yeah. Do, do are you amused constantly about the way people organize their workbench and how clean they are and how focused they are yes. and how um, systematic they are? I mean, could, could you almost look at the way that they are in the kitchen and think, I know how these people operate in the team uh, in the workplace?
1: Yes, without fail, you can see that. And then when I ask them that exact question, because while the chefs are all working, you know, with the team and mentoring the teams, I kind of swan around the kitchen and engage mm. people in discussion around exactly that kind of thing. Mm. And um, yes, and their colleagues nod, you know, i sort of say, this is how you organize you know, There'll be people who kind of chop everything in perfect squares. And then I kind of have to remind them, you do know that you're going to be blending this at the end. Like, you know, they don't kind of apply normal logic. You know, yeah. if we're going to be yeah. blending it, why do we have to make perfect precision? Mm-hmm. Because they, they're worried about what the chef's going to say and they're showing off you know, and trying to get everything just right and mm. and, and I find also sometimes people keep their workbenches clean to um to try and buy a bit of time <laughs> to get familiar. They move things around and actually do anything. Mm. So um we mm. kind of say to them, Yeah, you need to actually get action oriented now. But yeah, you can certainly tell a person's personality by the way they are in the kitchen. Occasionally somebody is so stressed out that they but you know, over the top, mm. um, but uh, you know, usually you can tell. You can tell.
0: So, Robin, from South African to this uh, London-based food group that uh, people are 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 noticing, whether they say it's recent or not, and your problem yes. is is about a slowing down. Um, where did the idea start?
1: Uh, well, I, you know, left South Africa, worked in a great environment there. Um, and mean, came here and joined a really not such a great environment, my first <laughs> job in the UK. And it, it honestly was my first experience of dysfunctional teams. And I found it fascinating and frustrating all at the same time. Mm, mm. Um, and, and at that time, I was really getting into food and cooking. I had been before I, I left um, South Africa and then getting to the UK. I mean, I think I saw Jamie Oliver my first day in, in London, walking in Hampstead and almost you know, passed out. It was mm. so exciting. And um, so it was just you're in a mecca of foodiness here. Mm. And um, I just had this idea that surely if I'd put the, the team that I was working with in the kitchen, mm. there'd be all kinds of sparks going off. And it, it just seemed to me the obvious thing to do. And um, the business was really born, you know, born from that idea. There was nobody doing it. In the UK. I thought I'd go and get a job working for a company doing that. Mm. But there was nobody to apply for a job with. So I thought I'd better start the company. <laughs> and, and that's a bit how it,
0: <laughs> how it stand out. But it must have been tricky. I mean, given, you know, the economical uh, environment in which uh, you were operating. I, you, you, were you just clear about it? Did oh, you yeah. say, you know, build it, they will come?
1: Yes. I mean, at the time, there wasn't, um, you know, in 2002, there wasn't that kind of a worry. And also my husband was in a good job and mm. I could kind of play a bit. Mm. Um, I wasn't too worried uh, about it. And then it just really it did. The uh, first five years just, uh, you know, grew and grew and grew um, very organically. Mm. And um, and it was flying. I mean, by the time we got to 2008, we were doing loads of events with five employees. You know, we were really, it was really happening. Mm. And uh, we were just about to kind of take the next step into bricks and mortar and investors and all that. And then the ground literally just with a recession just I remember a client calling and saying they have to cancel their event, and that had never ever happened. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my, something's turning here, and it it became the the start of a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. But also, um, yeah, we learned a lot through it, and we streamlined a lot. We had to keep going, and uh, I learned a lot about how to do business in a lean way, mm-hmm. um, and still make it profitable. And in some respects, the business is more profitable now. Um, in a very streamlined way than it was. You know the way that we had employees, the way that we now use freelancers and mm. you know engage a team of very loyal people who are not full time employed by me. They you know they do their own thing and and we come together as like a virtual team to deliver these events. The time so mm. it's a a little model of team working in itself.
0: And now you have to say I actually prefer only to do so many. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful yes. place to be well, at? Well,
1: I have age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, You know, I have other priorities um, and my kids are getting older and there's Mm. also other things that I want to do after so many years of doing the same thing. Mm. um, I still love food and cooking so I'm still doing things related to that but I think um, I'm now being, I suppose a lot of people get to that point where you're able to choose a little bit more. So I'm limiting what I do. I try and limit it to a couple of events, but really big ones so that they're very profitable and then I've got the time to do the things that I want to do that really don't necessarily make me any money, but are wonderful to do, Um, and so that I've got a bit of a balance of both. I mean, I couldn't do the pace that I was doing, you know, way back in the day. You know, it's logistically very, very heavy going to Mm -hmm. run events all over the country. Mm. Um, So chefs are used to it. They spend all day in the kitchen working, you know, ridiculous hours. But for me, I, I outgrew that a little bit.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come and chat to us on Cape Talk. It's always great for us to hear of South Africans who have a, have a dream and make
1: good. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And I'd love to see it happening in Cape Town. Maybe next time when I visit, I'll attend one. Okay. Yeah, you'll have yeah. to tell me who all the providers are there. All right. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you very Robin.
0: Much. Bye-bye.